Good to see Maria here today. Amen. All three boys in tow, as usual. Josue, Jonathan. How's it going back there? Amen. I love seeing children glorifying the Lord. Amen. Thankful for all the parents who bring their children to church. For our Sunday school teachers who take time to work with them. Amen. Amen. We're going to turn to the book of Ephesians as we begin today. Spend a few minutes in the word of the Lord. Again, thankful for those who uh, traveled through the weather today. Thankfully, the roads are doing pretty well. And just as a reminder, as we're turning to Ephesians chapter 4, that next week we will have a um, Christmas service on Christmas Day at 5 o'clock. So a little bit different start time. And we're going to have a different format. We're going to have some presentations from different people. And uh, just come together and worship the Lord and hear from some people you don't normally get to hear from. And it's going to be a good time just worshiping the Lord. So again, it is Christmas and He is the reason for the season. So I feel like we should have a service. Amen. If you're not able to make it, that's obviously understandable. Um, We pray that everyone who travels, travels safely. Ephesians chapter 4. In verse 7 through 10, you could stand if you would like to get the blood flowing and to honor the word of the Lord. It helps you stay awake. Ephesians 4, uh, 7 through 10 says, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men I'm glad that Jesus gives gifts and that Jesus is the ultimate gift and that God delights in surprises God delights in surprises and maybe today he'll just surprise you Lord Jesus we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house today we thank you for everyone who's come Lord, we need your presence in this place. We do every time, Lord, we get together. I'm just asking today that your spirit would manifest itself. I know you're omnipresent. You're everywhere all at once. But Lord, you manifest your presence and make yourself known where people have put their hearts toward you. And Lord, we turn our hearts toward you today. We acknowledge your greatness. We acknowledge our need for you. We acknowledge that we are nothing without you, that you are our creator and you are the one who completes us. There are many pursuits in this life and many things we desire, but most of all, we need you, Jesus. And I pray that before we leave this place, you'll put an excitement in each of our spirits for the days to come and the year to come. You'll get us excited about what you're going to do through and in each and every one of us. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I enjoy surprises. And I probably enjoy more giving surprises. Some people like surprises and some don't. And God will give surprises to both. He gives surprises to people who like surprises because they like it. 
And they don't like to get bored. God doesn't want us to have a boring life. Living for God should not be boring. It doesn't mean every day is going to be calling forth Lazarus from the dead. It doesn't mean every day is going to be miracles, signs, and wonders um, that are exciting. But nevertheless, we will have those days if we follow after the Spirit. Not every day is going to be a hide-in-the-cave day. So God, He understands that some of us, He created us to like and enjoy variety. And, and I believe God does because every flower has differences. Every snowflake has differences. Every person has differences because God enjoys variety. He'll give surprises if you don't like surprises. You turn down just a little bit there, Brother Brian. Thank you. He'll give you surprises if you don't like them because he doesn't want you to get too comfortable. Some of you hate surprises. You want everything to happen just as you plan it, right? You don't want anything to happen that you did not expect because that annoys you because you have everything mapped out. And there's a book for you called Who Moved My Cheese? I've not read it, but I heard it's good for people who don't like change. So God will give us surprises just to keep us on our toes. So whether you like a surprise or you don't, surprise is coming. And God will give it to you because He loves us. And He wants what's best for us. Some of my favorite surprises to watch online are the times when soldiers return home. And their family is caught by surprise and not expecting their loved one to return. And... It's hard to watch those and not get emotional, right? Because they've been sacrificing. They've been, they not, their family doesn't know if they'll even see their loved one again. And there they are unexpectedly. And that surprise is a beautiful thing to witness. And I believe that God wants us to experience similar surprises as we walk with Him. He doesn't want us to just expect what's going to happen each day get bored with routine and that's why we try to mix up church a little bit every once in a while because if you know what's going to happen every service God's spirit is not moving man we put structure in things we God believes in order uh, you can look at the planets you can look at the days and the hours and the months and the years that just clip on by so God does like order but he likes to throw a wrench in our plans every once in a while because we get awfully comfortable if that doesn't happen. And I feel like today God just wants to shake the tree a little bit on some of us. Not because He enjoys making us uncomfortable because He's upset with us, but because when we become so comfortable, we're not expecting great things. We become like those who are around Jesus growing up and we get familiar with Him. And He cannot do many miracles because of our unbelief when we get too familiar we begin to be filled with unbelief satan is a created being it is not god against satan in some kind of equal match sometimes people think of of god and satan as an equal match a title fight where two fighters are equally powerful and strong 
Satan is a created being. He is no match for God. He is not almighty. He is not omniscient or all-knowing. He's not omnipresent or everywhere. He's not omnipotent, which means he has all power. He is limited in knowledge, space, and power. And when it comes to predicting what God is going to do next, Satan has to try to figure it out like the rest of us. And God loves giving Satan surprises. Think about some of our lives. Could Satan have predicted 20 years ago we'd be here? Probably not. Two years ago, probably not. Some of us, if you would have looked at our lives in the past, you would have never predicted what God was going to do. And that's one of God's favorite surprises. Is what he does in your life and my life that makes everyone around us acknowledge there's something different here. There's something special with this person. I can't believe this person used to be this, but now they're this. I never would have thought that person would have ever become like this person here. God delights in those kind of surprises. And Satan can't always see it coming. Sometimes in biblical history, God manipulated Satan like with Job and Joseph, what the enemy meant for evil, what God meant for good. He manipulated Satan. Satan thought he was doing something that was going to bring bad and evil, and God used it to further good. Sometimes God faced Satan head on, like at Mount Carmel, when Elijah called down fire from heaven and consumed the sacrifice, and it, it showed that Satan had no power because no fire fell when the prophets of Baal prayed. But when Elijah prayed a short 63-word prayer, I believe it was, fire fell. And in other times, the Lord ambushed the enemy. And Christmas is one of those times. The original Christmas. Micah 5.2 says that the Lord would be born in Bethlehem. Satan can read. He knew about Micah 5 too. He knew the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. But what he didn't know was when it was going to happen. He didn't know how it was going to happen. But he tried his best to make sure this would not happen. One commentary says that he moved demonic forces into the area and in some cases, it seemed as though the demon possession was greater in this area of Bethlehem, so much so that it almost seems like it outnumbered the regular citizens. And I'm sure that's a little bit of exaggeration, but nevertheless, Satan moved in and tried to thwart God's plan. But the first thing God did was choose a man and a woman, not from Bethlehem. Okay, the Messiah is going to be born in Bethlehem. It'll probably be a man and a woman who live in Bethlehem. But God said, nope. I'm going to pick somebody from Nazareth, far to the north. Secondly, he saw to it that the woman's purity and morality would be in question. People would question whether Mary was really telling the truth. All of a sudden, I just got pregnant. Yeah, Mary, sure. 
How many of you would believe that story? Someone said, I just got pregnant. I don't know how it happened. No, we know better biology than that, right? You would think something must have happened. So the Lord is even going to the point of choosing people that Satan wouldn't think would be the people he would choose. Again, that reminds me of at least my life. Maybe not you. Maybe, maybe it's different for you. But for me, I am an unlikely person that God would choose. So the Lord chose Mary and he chose Joseph. And he brought this Nazarene couple to the forefront to bring forth a child. And then the Lord, as he again continues to manipulate the circumstances to bring forth his will, he brought Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem at the time of birth through Caesar Augustus' decree. Proverbs 21.1 Proverbs 21.1 says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Of the Lord, as the rivers of water, he turneth it whatsoever he will. So the Lord moved Caesar to cause a decree for a census, and it brought Mary and Joseph among thousands to Bethlehem. And Luke 2 7 tells us, as we read earlier, Luke 2 8, but the previous verse, Luke 2 7, and she brought forth her firstborn son. And wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. Even with all of the enemy's efforts, even with his extreme vigilance, he could not stop God's plan. And I propose to you today that it's the same with your life. Some of us give way too much credit to the enemy. Well, the devil did that. Well, if you're in God's will, a big so what is what I need to tell myself. Because if God's in control of my life, it doesn't matter what the devil does. It doesn't matter what somebody else does. God's will will come to pass. It just means there'll be a greater surprise. It's going to be a greater surprise. Some of us really need to be surprised today. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 1.27 I wish I could give you all your favorite gift or something so I could see some smiles. Lazarus! Hello! <laughs> like half asleep today. It's like a candlelight vigil. I missed the memo or something here. 1 Corinthians 1.27 says, But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. But Lord, I'm just this little old me. I'm just this... I'm not very smart. I'm not very able to communicate. I'm not... But God has chosen you to confound the things that are mighty. To confound the wise. The world's not going to understand what God is doing. Because He's confounding their understanding. He's darkening their understanding. Just because we understand it and they don't, doesn't mean we've lost our mind. 
It means we found a new mind, the mind of Christ. When Jesus was born, God prepared a welcoming committee of the lowliest people on earth. Shepherds. Shepherds were the most despised of their day. As far as people did not want to be a shepherd and people thought shepherds were lowly. They were the bottom of the barrel of society, the working class. And Jesus chose these shepherds to come and welcome him. Satan had no way of seeing the angels that appeared to these sheep herders that night or hearing their clues on how to identify the baby. The Lord showed up and he revealed himself to these shepherds. And Satan had no clue. He's not omnipresent, he wasn't in that field. The Lord kept it from his understanding. Luke 2.12 again tells us that he is found. We read earlier in swallowing clothes, lying in a manger. This was told to the shepherds. They were given the message that was held from others. They were able to come and worship the king. The one they had waited for. Because the Lord chose to reveal it to them. In Matthew 16, we'll fast forward. 1 John 1.29, actually, let's do that real quick. John 1.29, I'm skipping ahead some of these notes here, but not only was the birth of Christ something that the enemy couldn't figure out and tried to kill but couldn't kill, but the Lord wasn't revealed throughout his childhood until John 1.29 when John says, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. John declared the Lamb of God. Now, again, that was John in one location. This wasn't the gospel for everybody to read yet. So this was just John's message to whoever was there to hear it. And somehow, it seems as though the enemy heard it and didn't understand or he missed it. Because if you know he's the Lamb of God, why would you crucify him? And then Matthew 16 later, Matthew 16, 13. John understands who he is. He announces who he is, the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. Matthew 16, 13 says, When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I am? Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am, rather? And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist. <laughs> Even though he was with John the Baptist. Don't quite get that, but some people were really confused. Some thought he was John the Baptist. Others thought he was Elias or Elijah. And others, Jeremiah or Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Some people did not understand who Jesus was. They were clueless. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Okay, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, God robed in flesh, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for 
flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. The understanding of who Jesus is is a gift that only the Father gives. Nobody else has the prerogative or the ability to unwrap the gift of who Jesus really is. He uses us sometimes. He uses the preaching of the word. He uses the Bible itself. He uses different sources, but only he can ultimately surprise someone for the first time by saying this is who Jesus is and was. Me coming in the flesh to save you. He's the only one that can reveal that surprise. And that's why sometimes we read the Bible for the first time and it doesn't really make sense and we wonder about the language and wonder what this and thou and thee and thus and what is all this and then all of a sudden the Spirit of God begins to show us what it means and it's like a light bulb comes on. We didn't get any smarter since the last time we read it. It's just now the Spirit is revealing. God is surprising us. That's why it's important to read our Bible often because when we read it, we can be surprised. We can read the same verse we've read 50 times and God will just surprise us. Oh, I never saw that before. And God's saying, surprise. (laughs) And God's just waiting for us to open the gift. He's waiting for us to look into it so he can show it. And many times God's blessings are gifts under a tree that are never approached. Not because God didn't put it there. Not because He didn't make it possible. But we never go to the tree and grab the gift. We let the gift sit there and collect dust. And God is waiting for us to open the gift. He has gifts and surprises for us every day. 1 Corinthians 1 and 27. Excuse me, I already read that. Looked at the wrong page. (laughs) Corinthians 2. (laughs) Surprise! Wrong page. 2 Corinthians 2 and 7 through 8 again shows us that the enemy didn't understand who Jesus was. Even though Jesus walked the earth for 33 years, even though he had these battles back and forth, he tried to tempt him. Jesus revealed to people who he was over and over and over again. Still in 1 Corinthians 2, 7 through 8, Paul says, 1 Corinthians 2, 7, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world and to our glory. Okay, this may be a mystery to us or to some people, but he's ordained it before the world, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. Had they really known who Jesus was and what his plan was, he told the disciples, I'm going to have to go and be crucified. And Peter even argued with him about it. (laughs) The fact he told them, and when it happened, they were still surprised, some of them. God has said that we're going to have to go through some trouble in this life. 
But he said when we go through that trouble, take comfort and cheer in knowing he overcame the world. So when we go through some trouble, think it not strange. Don't take it as such a big surprise. Say, okay, the Bible said this is going to happen, but God's going to see me through if I will trust him. Again, we, we love to have control. We love to be able to control everything about our lives, but we need to give up control and just trust God. Every trial just means there's a good surprise coming. There's something good coming from this. God enjoys giving gifts. And this week we celebrate the gift of Christ. Again, it's not just a story that makes us feel good, and we don't know the exact day necessarily he was born, but we celebrate that he did come. Wrapped as a gift in swaddling clothes. Wrapped as a gift, the Spirit of God in the flesh of the man Christ Jesus. Revealing the invisible God. Here saying, you can't see me, I'm invisible, but this is what I look like if you look. I'm declaring to you who I am through the man, Christ Jesus. But again, if we don't take time to look, we cannot see. We must look. And thanks to the gift of Christ, we can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. The Bible says it's a gift. It's a gift. And even though we have to surrender to receive it, that's all. We can't earn it. So many times we get into the the fault of thinking we have to earn the presence of God, but that's impossible. We just have to surrender and receive it. Receive the gifts of God. Not only His Spirit, but love and joy and peace and and other gifts that He uses to bless others through us. God's wanting to give us more gifts. And we expect it when the new time of year comes around at Christmas. But for some reason, with Christ, we think we've already got all of our gifts sometimes. We don't have enough faith, there's more. We have more faith in the actual holiday of Christmas and in our family to get us something than we do in God. When he's saying, I have more gifts. I have more surprises. I have so much more to give you, so much more to do through you, so much more to give you something to be excited about. And not get into the place where Living for God is all about ritual and habit and just knowing what's going to happen the next day. You know, that's one of the main reasons I believe that marriages fail. Obviously, communication is probably the number one thing. But very close is the fact that some marriages just become mundane. You never go on a date anymore. And if you do, you know where you're going. You know what you're going to do. Where's the adventure? 
We're married, so we stopped dating. I caught her. I don't have to chase her. She's mine now. And you lose the adventure. Some of you, if you would just have some more surprises in your marriage, you would enjoy it more. Just give a gift every once in a while. A surprise. And men, don't give your wife a gift like a vacuum cleaner. Or a mop. Or even a treadmill. (laughs) Those aren't gifts. If she asks you for it, that's one thing. But don't let that be your main gift. Otherwise, you're going to have a gift. (laughs) A painful gift. But there needs to be some spontaneity. There needs to be some excitement. There needs to be some joy in not knowing what you're going to do. Not being so predictable. And as we went through this service, the burden is only growing that some of us need this so bad. (laughs) Because we're in a rut. And we think living for God is A, B, C and nothing else. But as we learn to grow in God, as we learn to approach each day walking in the Spirit, we'll find that there's joy. There's unpredictable things that are going to happen. And we've got to learn to just flow with it, to step out by faith. Well, God, I've never done that before. Well, just do it. Just step out and do it. And God will bless it. God wants us to have joy. And I just feel like today, again, maybe I'm wrong and maybe, maybe I'm just feeling myself. It's none of you. But we need to have joy. Joy to the world. The Savior's come. Joy to the world. The Lord wants us to have joy. Amen. Now some of you have received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Do you remember what that felt like? Do you remember how, even though maybe nothing changed in your life as far as you still had the same amount of money that you did before it happened, <laughs> it was still raining or, or sunny, whatever the case The same people that loved you still loved you. The same people that didn't like you still didn't like you. But you walked out of service that day or maybe you received it at your house or who knows where. you. But all of a sudden, didn't it seem like everything changed? And all of a sudden, nothing was really that big of a deal and you just had joy and peace? And we wonder why sometimes... Unfortunately, it's not always the case, but when a child is raised in a safe environment, they're oblivious to the world. They have joy and they're excited, they're happy. They wake up each day as a new day. And they know everything's going to be all right. And that's how God wants us to be today. As children, knowing that He has already taken care of today and tomorrow. 
And he takes care of our past as we let him too. He'll take care of our past, our present, and our future if we'll just surrender it to him. God wants us to have gifts that surprise us. And sometimes those gifts will be practical. Sometimes your family members get you socks for Christmas, right? Got a pair of socks. Parents learn real fast. Kids don't get excited about socks, right? But you're like, hey, you need them. I'm tired of looking for them. Sometimes God's going to give us practical gifts, but other times he's going to give us things that we had no idea was coming. And sometimes we get gifts at Christmas where it was a surprise that was held from us and we had no clue and there's just utter delight and joy. And there's a a video online of... I'm sure there's tons of them, but I watched one the other day. It was pretty funny of this kid getting an iPhone... And he just flipped. I mean, he was rolling around the ground, jumping up and down, yelling, screaming. It's an iPhone. He was in Great Britain. It's an iPhone. I can't believe it's an iPhone. I'm so excited. iPhone 6. They were excited. I finally got some of you guys to laugh a little bit. I thought for a minute we were like, as a preacher at a funeral. We're not, sell- we're not here for Good Friday. <laughs> He's risen. <laughs> Maybe I just have to preach like I'm from Britain and you'll listen and laugh. Jesus rose. <laughs> He's alive. <laughs> Maybe it's Australia. I don't know. Australia, Britain, same thing. Hey, Rose. Tough crowd today. <laughs> Corny jokes, maybe? I'm start telling those? No, I won't. I won't make you suffer. Just waking up. All right, we're waking up. Good, good. If we can stand today. Not only is the gift itself a surprise, but the timing of the gift sometimes. Again, don't just give gifts when it's somebody's birthday or when it's Valentine's Day, whatever. Mix some gifts in that's not a holiday if you really want to make someone feel special. And some of the most unexpected events happened in the Bible when people, guess what, weren't expecting it. They didn't know what was going to happen. Every day was just like the previous day. Or so they thought. The Bible says they were given in marriage, they were eating and drinking, they were just living life. And Jesus came. Noah was building his ark and God shut the door and then all of a sudden it starts raining. But that day was just like every other day. And maybe, just maybe, 
Today just seems like another Sunday. And this year seems like another Christmas. And there may be even some pain during Christmas because if we've experienced loss or pain in family, sometimes Christmas is one of the hardest times of the year, right? But I believe that this year, if we'll just allow God to, He'll give us a gift that we never saw coming. Just a surprise. And He'll delight in it. But we have to be willing to approach the tree, pick it up, open it. You know, shake it. Wonder what it is. I'm getting excited now. I don't I have no clue what this is. It's a different size than what I would guess. That whole process of trying to figure out what's in here. I believe in even today, some of you, if you'll respond, will do it. If not today, in the coming days, before the end of next week, God will give us some surprises if we'll be open to it. If we'll just enter into his presence and say, Lord, I know I've been struggling with this thing for a long time and I've given up hope that it's ever going to change, but I'm just going to trust you again. I'm going to speak by faith that you are going to bring me through this situation and through this trial. I don't know when, I don't know how, but I'm going to take a moment to believe you're going to do it. I'm going to express my belief that you are going to deliver me. I don't care how long I've been stuck in this situation. I don't care how frustrated I am. I don't care how impossible this seems. It may be impossible with man, but with God, nothing is impossible. So I'm going to believe you again today. I'm going to make the choice to trust you, Lord, that the things in my life that I need to change are going to change as I trust in you, that my marriage is going to change, that my life is going to change, that I'm going to be have more joy, I'm going to have more peace. Even if the situation doesn't change, even if the circumstances don't change, I believe that I'm going to have joy and I'm going to have peace. Because you will do it for me, God. You will open up a gift of surprise.